Hi, Casey, are you there? I'm here. Hi, honey. Hi, how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. Uh, we're about to go through the Bible, and I, I did my homework this time, and I think I did better at summarizing it. Oh, yeah? Maybe. Mm. <laughs> that doesn't sound like a lot of confidence you have. I have skeptic face on. Okay. TM. <laughs> uh, all right. So you guys ready for this? I am ready. Right. Skeptic Mafia, other subscribers, y'all ready? Yeah, and uh, if you're part of the Skeptic Mafia and you're listening to this, we have the podcast posted up for you. So if you want to check out the community tab, there's a special post in there just for you. Only you can see it. And if you want to join the Skeptic Mafia, you can go to joinskepticmafia.com or just hit the join link on the page. Exactly. Or on the channel. On the channel, yeah. yeah. All right, so... Last time Saul lost his head, as you guys remember, <laughs> he got fucking killed. Uh, well, this time David is going to win the Game of Thrones, and this is how he does it. Okay. What? Uh, so there's this guy <laughs> named Ish Behemoth, uh, who's actually Saul's son. He becomes kings of, uh, king of Israel after, you know, uh, David, uh, or Saul got his head chopped off and he was killed because he got a little bit too anxious and scared and shit. Um and stuff so anyways um just for shits and giggles israel and judah just start a civil war they just start killing each other um i'm guessing it's a lot like the marvel avengers civil war uh, from captain america like three um but with less superpowers and more just hitting each other with rocks and sticks because that's the kind of area they're in um and then for some reason forrest gump pops in out of nowhere and chases a guy forever <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I think that maybe he was screaming to run, forced run, or something like that. Anyways, um, and then there's this Abner, who's the son of Nur. Um, he kills a guy who's actually David's fuckboy. Now, David is raising like a trailer park full of kids. And when I mean trailer park full, <laughs> what I mean is imagine David at the center of this trailer park, okay? Now, David's sperm is inside every other bitch in this trailer park, okay? Oh and that he has six kids from six different bitches, and he just, <laughs> he's got a hoe in different area codes is what he has. Um, <laughs> and then Abner, he he comes in and he wants to align his penis with David, but David's like, <laughs> no, I, I want my first wife back because six wives and six different kids... It, it, male they're all the, he only cares about the male ones the female ones fuck them um but he wants his first wife so seven wives is what he wants okay um and uh, which in, in case you don't remember that saul's daughter so abner goes and kidnaps saul's uh, daughter from one of his uh, i don't know what i think it might have been one of his own kids uh, that claimed saul's daughter or something like that was married off anyways they got a quick back backyard divorce with a shotgun kind yeah. of situation oh boy. um and then uh, apparently this guy named joey goes off and kills abner because uh, it was after the dick alignment i guess maybe he caught david <laughs> And him aligning their dicks in sort of like a docking fashion. And so he's like, ah, no homos in my tribe. Oh and so he God. kills him. Um, then apparently David cursed Joey's house to incel hell. Uh, and we all know how, how desolate of a place that is. Um, and then Ish Behemoth was killed because he got scared shitless. Well, David found those guys and he had them killed and strung up. 
Uh, David then actually wins the Game of Thrones because he kills the guys that killed the King of Israel, which was the Ith, Ish, Bohemoth guy. Um, and uh, David was king for like 40 years, uh, including the time he was king of some other fucking place. I don't know. Something about the Jews. Well, they're not Jews yet. Judah. Judah. Whatever. Oh, boy. That do good? Uh, I mean, there's really no need to even go through the Bible at this point. I know, right? I mean, it's spot on. <laughs> it's not. What's up, heathens? How, How y'all doing? doing? So obviously I didn't get everything right today, but we're <laughs> going to do our best to correct my shenanigans. So I hope that you're ready. You got your docking pants on and we're going <laughs> to get into the bed. What the fuck are docking pants? They're, they're pants with a hole in the front so you can stick your dick out and you can dock with your homeboy. Isn't that what they do nowadays? I don't know. You millennials. You're a millennial. Shh. We don't need to tell people that, honey. Also, like, don't most underwear have hole? Like, men's underwears have holes in the front? No, no, no. They have an overlapping thing. That way you don't have to pull your underwear off every Yeah, but you time. can open. So well, wouldn't yeah, that I'm talking about a persistent hole. It's just like a hole. Imagine, like, a pair of pants and you took a drill and then you just... And you drilled a hole in the front of your pants. Why would you drill a hole in fabric? You could just use fucking scissors. Like, what do you got to be? Fa I don't even think a drill would work. You got to maintain your masculinity somehow. Scissors are like somehow feminine. <laughs> okay, this, we're getting off topic. Let's talk about this shitty shit in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so confused right now. Okay, so we're going to start in First Samuel chapter 2. Sorry, Second Samuel, Second Samuel, Chapter Two. <laughs> I have managed to fuck up her game. <laughs> so, the first thing that happens, well, we know last time, um, based off of what GE said, and if you were listening last time, that Saul died. Well, was killed. Spoilers. Well, I mean, we talked about it the last time. <laughs> <laughs> so that leaves Israel without a king, right? Mm-hmm. But David doesn't become the king of Israel right away. Okay. It takes some time. And so here we go. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns in Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, uh, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Man, he's going light, isn't he? Yeah, he's just got <laughs> he's the two. He's packing light. <laughs> he's just got the two of them. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. Okay. When David was told that it was the men of Jabesh Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to the men of Jabesh Gilead to say to them, the Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul, your master, by burying him. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave, for Saul, your master, is dead, and the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Meanwhile... 
Abner, the son of Ner, who commanded Saul's <laughs> army. I know you love that. I love Ner. I know. <laughs> so he was a commander of Saul's army, had taken Ishbosheth, which is not Ishbohemoth. No, but Bosheth, I don't know why that sounds like that sounds like a southern ass name. Bosheth, like Bocephus? Bocephus, that's what I was thinking of the entire <laughs> It was on the tip of my tongue. Like, where does that sound familiar? Bocephus, yes. Yeah, like Hank Williams Jr. Fuck. Bocephus. Bocephus, that's what I should have named the fuck. Not yeah. Bohemoth, Bocephus. I couldn't think about it. <laughs> <laughs> you should have just asked me, you know. My daddy is not proud of the person that I am, but he would be proud of the fact that I could tell you about Bocephus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So Abner, the commander of Saul's army, had taken Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and brought him over to Manahan. Uh, sorry, Man. Uh, sorry, Mahanaim. Mahanaim. I thought you were going to go with mansplain. <laughs> <laughs> Mahanaim and made him king over Gilead, Ashuri, and Jezreel, and also over Ephraim, ben Benjamin, and all Israel. Ishbosheth, son of Saul, was 40 years old when he became king over Israel, and he reigned two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. So now you have a split in the tribes of Israel. They have different kings. Mm-hmm. Right. Most of Israel follows Ishbo. Uh, I almost said Bohemoth. <laughs> Ishbosheth. Most of Israel follows Ishbosheth, but there are portions of Judah, mainly that follows uh, David. Now, the other parts of Israel, they like David. Um, he's fought. He fought for Saul's army for a long time. They like David, but of course, Ishbo. She. <laughs> My work is done. Ishbosheth is a uh, Saul's son, and you know, usually uh, lines. You know, kings go from son from king to son to son to son. Right. So that's how it happened here. So. Abner, together with the men of Ishbosheth, uh, left Man Mahanaim. Mahanaim. I hate these words <laughs> so much, and went to Gibeon. Joab, son of Zariah, and David's men went out to meet them at the pool of Gibeon. One group sat down on one side of the pool, and the other group sat down on the other side. Then Abner said to Joab, let's have some of the young men get up and fight hand to hand in front of us. So, like, I guess a fight club between the commanders of the Israel. I mean, th this had to have like Bud Light had to exist back, back then because, you know, it's like after two six packs of beers, you could just see the kings with like one leg up on their chairs like, you know what? Let's just make the bros fight. That sounds like a good idea. Hey, Bocephus, let's get up there and knock the <laughs> shit out of your brother. Well, and the, the interesting thing is, is it wasn't the kings. It mm. was their commanders. It was Abner and Joab. Oh, okay. Who was doing this. The kings were not involved in this. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so Joab said, all right, let them do it. So they stood up and were counted off. Twelve men for Benjamin and Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and twelve for David. Then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his dagger into his opponent's side, and they fell down together. So that place in Gibeon was called Helkath Hazurim. And I guess that means a field of daggers or field of hostilities. But it's interesting because basically, if you're standing face to face with an opponent, both of you grab each other's head and stab each other in the side. 
and then died, fell down together. They all died. Yeah. I mean, that's got to be like the most anticlimactic fight ever. Well, it's so stupid. But then here it says the battle that day was very fierce and Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by David's men. I do not know how, given how they describe it. I mean, listen, it says each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his dagger into his opponent's side and they fell down together. Right. I, it, well, <laughs> Doesn't that seem stupid? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, it, that's not exactly hand-to-hand I, combat. That's no, just I like, mean, we're going to be fucking dumb here. I mean, this is this is the Bible, though. I mean, you can't really expect them to actually, like, know how to fight or anything like that or know how a fight would happen. I mean, honestly, if any if anybody in the past would have been so stupid to have a fight exactly like that where everybody just does the exact same thing and then they all fall over dead, it's like, see, I got one more guy than you, so... I win. win. (laughs) Pretty much. And so somehow with this ridiculous fight, um, David's men won. Well, so the three sons of Zariah were there. Joab, uh, Abishai, and Asahel. Asahel? Asahel. Asahel. We're not going to call him that. So Asahel. That is not how you say his name. I didn't even look it up. I didn't even want to know. So... He was as fleet-footed as a wild gazelle, and he chased Abner, turning neither to the right nor to the left as he pursued him. Abner looked behind him and asked, is that you, um, as hell? As hell. (laughs) I gotta figure out how to say this guy's name, because this is ridiculous. Let's see. Okay, so it is Asahel. (laughs) It's better than Asahel. Asahel, that's better. Okay, so. Asahel. So he looks behind him and he says, this is uh, Abner who's being chased by Asahel. And Asahel, he says, is that you, Asahel? And it is, he answered. Then Abner said to him, turn aside to the right or to the left. Take on one of the young men and strip him of his weapons. But Asahel would not stop chasing him. Again, Abner warned Asahel, stop chasing me. Why should I strike you down? How could I look to your brother Joab in the face? But Asahel refused to give up the pursuit. So Abner thrust the butt of his spear into Asahel's stomach and the spear came out through his back. He fell there and died on the spot. And every man stopped when he came to this place where Asahel had fallen and died. What? He killed Force Gump? Yes. You know, that's just, that's so ableist. What? (laughs) (laughs) My God. So, Asahel is dead, right? Yep. So Joab and Abishai pursued Abner because Joab and Abishai are Asahel's brothers, right? Mm-hmm. So they pursued Abner and as the sun was setting, they came to the hill of Amma near Gaia on the way to the wasteland of Gibeon. Then the men of Benjamin rallied behind Abner. They formed themselves into a group and took their stand on top of a hill. Abner called out to Joab, must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize that this will end in bitterness? How long before you order your men to stop pursuing their brothers? Joab answered, as surely as God lives, if you have not spoken, the men would have continued the pursuit of their brothers until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet and all the men came to a halt. They no longer pursued Israel, nor did they fight anymore. All that night, Abner and his men marched through Arabah. They crossed over the Jordan, continued through the whole of Bithron, and came to uh, Mahanaim. Naim. Maha Naim. So basically, this these are all like God's people, right? Right. These are tribes of Israel, right? right? Mm-hmm. 
And they are literally too stupid not to fight each other. Yeah, they're just fighting each other. They're, they're literally kicking each other's ass. And then you have like the commanders or whatever standing on something and yelling at other commanders like, why won't you stop? And it's like, <laughs> well, I'm not doing this. You make them stop. And so then they blow a horn and then everybody's like, oh, shit, we're kicking our own ass here. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a mess right now. So Joab returned to David from pursuing Abner and assembled all of his men. Besides Asahel, 19 of David's men were found missing. But David's men had killed 360 Benjamites who were with Abner. They took Asahel and buried him in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. Then Joab and his men marched all night and arrived at Hebron by daybreak. The war between the house of Saul and the house of David lasted a long time. David grew stronger and stronger while the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. Well, yeah, the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. I mean, that's what was prophesied last time with the ghost of Samuel, right? Yes. <laughs> Samuel came back as a ghost and was like, oh, y'all done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that was the end of 2 Samuel chapter 2. And we're going to move on to chapter 3. And it talks about David's sons. Okay. All right. So are we ready? Oh, we're going to the trailer park, guys. Get ready. <laughs> so sons were born to David in Hebron. There were six. His firstborn was Amnon, the son of Ahinoam of Jezreel, who was his wife. His second, Kiliab, the son of Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. Remember who he called and had after her husband died. Um, the third, Absalom, the son of Makkah, daughter of Talmai, king of Jeshur, Geshur. Um, not his wife that we know of. The fourth, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, who mm -hmm. is not his wife that we know of. The fifth, Shephatiah, uh, the son of Abital, who is not his wife that we know of. Mm -hmm. And the sixth, Ithrium, the son of David's wife, Egla. We don't know her yet. Egla? Egla. You think she makes good eggs in the morning? I don't know, but her name only has one G, so probably not. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I just have to say right now, I'm 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 really confused on Christians like uh, not advocating for polygamy at this point. Like <laughs> Well, that's I, the shit the Jews did. Well, no, I understand that. But, I mean, Jesus, when he came, he came to fulfill the law and he didn't say don't have, you know, multiple wives. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, David is supposed to be like, you know, or Jesus is supposed to be um, a son of David or like in the lineage of David or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's how he was divine. So, obviously, David is very uh, paramount in, in the story, which I know he ends up fucking up later, but... Right now, when he has six wives, he's going to he's going to extort somebody for a seventh wife or maybe three wives and concubines. Maybe. Yeah, I, 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 I still don't understand why, like like modern Christians, that at least the ones that are trying to adhere to the Old Testament stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I would think that they would be like, why not have multiple wives? I mean, <laughs> come on. That's what David did. Well, there's a lot of Christians that I have heard uh directly say that um christianity doesn't follow the old testament the old does the old testament doesn't matter 
um, for Christians because we follow Jesus. But the problem is that a lot of the foundational stuff that Jesus is based on and that their religion is based on comes from Judaism. And they worship a Jewish God. Well, yeah, they do. But also, I would love for you, I'd love to know what they think about homosexuality. Because if they think that, oh, God doesn't like that and it's it's a sin or whatnot. If they say that, then there's no way that they can say that they don't they, that you know the Old Testament doesn't matter or Old Testament law doesn't matter because at that point they're just cherry picking. Well, I mean, there's a much simpler like there's a much simpler route for that. If you reject the Old Testament, you're rejecting the Ten Commandments. Mm, Period. Yeah. Period. You're rejecting the story of Genesis and creation, uh-huh. and those things are kind of paramount to. Christianity. I mean, it's it's still in your book. Like, I mean, it's not like this book is only made up of the New Testament. The Old Testament is there for a reason. Right. And so, like, I don't know, I I have a really hard time with Christians who say the Old Testament doesn't matter and try to wave it off. And mostly that's an apologetic, like, because there's a lot of dumb shit and cruelty and things like that that happened in the Old Testament that they can't really explain if and so their solution is just like kind of wave it off like that doesn't matter well yeah and i guess my grievance primarily comes from the whole objective morality kind of stance uh-huh. like people that say that you know uh, the morality in the in the 10 commandments or in the old testament or whatnot is the morality that is ultimate law of god or whatever mm-hmm. so i mean i don't know that's where my grievance comes from but anyways let's uh, let's continue with the story shall we okay sure So during the war between the house of Saul and the house of David, Abner had been strengthening his own position in the house of Saul. Now Saul had a concubine named Rizpah, daughter of Aya. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, why did you sleep with my father's concubine? (laughs) Wait, who is Aya? Uh, Well, the mother of one of Saul's concubines, Rizpah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just can't help but to think of the Fonz. Like, <laughs> what's her name? Aya! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's A-I-A-H. Okay. Yeah. So Abner was very angry because of what Ishbosheth. Oh, well, so Ishbosheth accused Abner of sleeping with Rizpah. So Abner was pretty pissed about that. And he answered, am I a dog's head on Judah's side? Whatever the fuck that means. Yeah, what is what the fuck is that? <laughs> this very day, I am loyal to the house of your father, Saul, and to his family and friends. I haven't handed you over to David. Yet now you accuse me of an offense involving this woman. May God deal with Abner, be it ever so severely, if I do not do it for David, what the Lord promised him an oath and transfer the kingdom of the house of Saul and establish David's throne over Israel and Judah from Dan to Beersheba. Ishbosheth did not dare say another word to Abner because he was afraid of him. So yeah. he he made the king a little scared. He was scared. He was. So Abner was still pretty upset about what happened. So he sent messengers on his behalf to say to David, whose land is it? Make an agreement with me and I will help bring all Israel over to you. Good, said David, I will make an agreement with you, but I demand one thing of you. Do not come into my presence unless you bring Michal, daughter of Saul, when you come to see me. Now, if you all remember, Michal was David's first wife and mm-hmm. he loved her. He he loved her a lot. And um, the only reason he left her was to try to save his life when he was running from Saul. Right. Okay. 
So David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, son of Saul, demanding, "Give me wife, give me my wife Michal, whom I who I betrothed to myself for the price of a hundred Philistine foreskins." And actually, that was the price, but he brought two hundred. Yeah, he was like, "I'll do you one better." <laughs> I'll do you a hundred better. <laughs> so Ishbosheth gave orders and had her taken away from her husband, Paltiel, son of Laish. Her husband, however, went with her, weeping behind her all the way to Berhurim. Then Abner said to him, go back home. So he went. So Abner conferred with the elders of Israel and said, for some time you have wanted to make David your king. Now do it. For the Lord promised David, be my servant, David. I will rescue my people, Israel, from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. Abner also spoke to the Benjamites in person. Then he went to Hebron to tell David everything Israel and the whole house of Benjamin wanted to do. When Abner, who had 20 men with him, came to David at Hebron, David prepared a feast for him and his men. Then Abner said to David, let me go at once and assemble all Israel for my lord, the king, so that he may make a, com a compact with you and that you may rule over all that your heart desires. So David sent Abner away and he went in peace. So now there's an agreement to try to get all of Israel under David's rule. Okay. Okay. And Abner set that up because Ish-bosheth. Uh, <laughs> Still having trouble with that, honey. Yes, because Ish-bosheth accused him of something and pissed him off. Right. All right. So just then David's men and Joab, you remember Joab? Mm -hmm. Okay. Whose brother was killed by Abner. Right. Returned from a raid and brought with him a great deal of plunder. But Abner was no longer with David in Hebron because David had sent him away and he had gone in peace. When Joab and all the other soldiers arrived, he was told that Abner had come to the king and that the king had sent him away and that he had gone in peace. So Joab went to the king and said, what have you done? Abner came to you. Why did you let him go? Now he is gone. You know, Abner, son of Ner. He came to you to deceive you and observe your movements and find out everything you're doing. Mm -hmm. Joab then left David and sent messengers after Abner, and they brought him back from the well of Sirah. But David did not know about this. Uh, when Abner returned to Hebron, uh, Joab took him aside into the gateway as though to speak with him privately and there to avenge the blood of his brother Ash Ash Asahel. <laughs> Asahel. 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 Joab stabbed him in the stomach and he died. So why didn't why didn't he stab ass hell in the ass? I mean, I mean he stabbed him straight through his stomach okay. with a with a, the butt of a spear. It wasn't even oh. the sharp end. Oh, okay. So maybe like uh, a reverse Gaddafi? What? You ever, you ever heard of the term Gaddafi? I mean n n no. Well, you know the dictator Gaddafi? Yes. When the, the rebels in his own country caught him, uh -huh. uh, he was found in a sewer like drain pipe. Uh-huh. And uh, as soon as they found him, they shoved a knife up his ass. Oh. So like a reverse Gaddafi, would, I guess, spear through the stomach out the ass. Well, it went out his back, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very weird imagination. Yeah. <laughs> so later, when David heard about what happened, he said, I and my kingdom are forever innocent before the Lord concerning the blood of Abner, son of Ner. May his blood fall upon the head of Joab and upon his father's house. May Joab's house never be without someone who has a running sore or leprosy or who leans on a crutch or who falls by the sword or who lacks food. Um, 
Then David's, so he cursed him. David Mm -hmm. cursed Joab's house. So David said to Joab and all the people with him, tear your clothes and put on sackcloth and walk in mourning in front of Abner. So we kind of talked about this last week, the whole tearing of the clothes is to show how upset you are that you tear your fine clothing. Mm -hmm. But walking around in a sackcloth is like really itchy, like kind of burlapy fabric. Um, So basically to externally show the discomfort you feel inside, you're also feeling it externally. It's it's very. I, I do not agree with this tactic. You could just say that you are mourning, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I don't know. Uh, if you if you really need me to show you physically how it is, maybe I'll put you in a burlap sack. I don't know. <laughs> so King David himself walked behind them. So they buried Abner in he- Hebron, and the king wept aloud at Abner's tomb. <laughs> And all the people wept also. I can just imagine David at the tomb weeping aloud like. "Ah." I mean, he was upset. Well, yeah, I understand that. But I mean, like weeping aloud. I don't know. That just seems dramatic, doesn't it? I mean, yeah, it's a story. Yeah. They do things for drama. I know. Okay, so the king sang this lament for Abner. Should Abner have died as the lawless die? Your hands were not bound, your feet were not fettered. You fell as one falls before wicked men. And all the people wept over him again. Then they all came and urged David to eat something while it was still day. But David took an oath, saying, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I taste bread or anything else before the sun sets. So he, like, didn't eat that day. All the people took note and were pleased. Indeed, everything the king did pleased them. So on that day, all the people of uh, and all Israel knew that the king had no part in the murder of Abner, son of Ner. Then the king said to his men, do you not realize that a prince and a great man has fallen in Israel this day? And today, though I am the anointed king, I am weak. These and these sons of Zariah are too strong for me. May the Lord repay the evildoer according to his evil deeds. So when Ishbosheth, son of Saul, heard that Abner had died in Hebron, he lost courage and all Israel became alarmed. Now Saul's son had two men who were leaders of raiding bands. One was named Bana and the other Rechab. They were sons of uh, Rimen and the let's see. was was one son's name was Banana. Bana. Bana. Banana. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> there's not a second now. Okay, it might be Bana. It's B A A. You know how we say bail? Yeah. It because that's B A L. This is B A A N A H. So it might okay. be Bana. Banana. Banana. <laughs> anyway, Bana. I bet you he wore yellow all the time. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, they were sons of Rimen the Berothite from the tribe of Benjamin. Beroth is considered part of Benjamin because the people of Beroth fled to Gideon, Gitaim, sorry, Gitaim, and have lived there as aliens to this day. Now, Rechab and Banna, we'll call him Banna. Banna. Yeah set out for the house of Ishbosheth, and they arrived there in the heat of the day while he was taking his noonday rest. They went into the inner part of the house as if to get some wheat, and they stabbed him in the stomach. Then Rechab and his brother Banna slipped away. So they killed Ishbosheth, okay. the king of Israel. 
Right. Right? They're dicks. They have a problem now. So (laughs) (laughs) they had gone into the house while he was lying on his bed in his bedroom. And after they stabbed and killed him, they cut off his head. Taking it with them, they traveled all night by way of Arabah. They brought the head of Ishbosheth to David at Hebron and said to the king, Here is the head of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, your enemy, who tried to take your life. This day the Lord has avenged my lord, the king, against Saul and his offspring. David answered, The sons, uh, let's see, he answered the sons of Rimmon. As surely as the Lord lives, who has delivered me out of all trouble, when a man told me Saul is dead, and I thought he was bringing good news, and he thought he was bringing good news, the guy Uh. who, yeah, I seized him and put him to death in Ziklag. That was the reward I gave him for his news. How much more, when wicked men have killed an innocent man in his own house and on his own bed, should I not now demand his blood from your hand and rid the earth of you? So David gave an order to his men, and they killed them. They cut off their hands and feet and hung the bodies by the pool in Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in Abner's tomb at Hebron. You know, that's got to be very surprising. Like, you know, it's like, oh, I got great news for the boss. Hey, boss. Wait, boss, what are you doing? Stop it. Just don't kill the messenger. It's like, do you know me? I'm David. I've killed messengers before, motherfucker. Well, and it's not, they're not just the messengers. They're the ones who killed them. Well, I know, but in the thing, he said that he killed them for the message they brought. Yeah. Well, and, he killed them because of the evil they did. Well, yeah. I mean, I get that that's it. But I mean, what he, what he technically said was, I killed them for the message that they brought. And I mean, it just kind of falls in line with him killing the messenger. Well, I mean, it just so happens the messenger did the actual act in this case, but right. I really don't think that would have mattered to David. <laughs> Probably not. So at this point, all of Israel came together to David at Hebron and said, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, even while Saul was king, you were the one who led Israel on their military campaigns. And the Lord your God said to you, you will shepherd my people, Israel, and you will become their ruler. When all the elders of Israel had come to King David at Hebron, he made a compact with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel, as the Lord had promised through Samuel. David was 30 years old when he became king, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. In Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah for 33 years. Okay. So... That's the end of that part. Um, that's the end. Let's see. That's end of Second Samuel. We did chapter four. We did a little bit of chapter five. That was part of chapter two. And Wait, then that's the end of Second Samuel. Uh, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misunderstood. And that's the end of this section in for like for Samuel in this in today's readings. Oh, okay. But. We do have a section from First Chronicles chapter 12 that goes through all of the warriors who basically come to David to make him king and to serve him. Do you want right. to go through? It goes through each house of Israel. I mean, do we really need to know this? I mean, not particularly. The They just go through how many men armed for battle each tribe brought. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they brought anything else to the thing, to the... Oh, you mean like water bending and all this other stuff kind of thing? <laughs> I mean, or maybe some heat seeking missiles. No, like, I mean like special kinds of weapons or whatever. Oh well, yeah, like heat seeking missiles. That'd be a special weapon for this that's, time period. That's not okay. 
<laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. I the know. Point, I'm, I'm... The, the point is, is that a bunch of fighting men, he, he had fighting men from all of the tribes of Israel. The tribes of Israel all came together and offered their men to David as warriors for his army. Yeah, but can you, like, what kind of special weapons could they have? It's like, all right, my friend here, he's got a sword that has three blades on it. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them had shields and spears. Some of them had swords. Some of them had, uh, let's see. Did they have a triple sword? I don't know. Probably not. Oh, that would have been interesting to see. But I mean, how cool would that be? You have a sword that's really big and thick and you got like three blades on it. And it's like, see, look, he's got a three bladed sword. Oh, man. Does it give you anything extra? No, but it does make pretty cool cuts whenever you slice a motherfucker. <laughs> just seems like it would be difficult to carry and sheath and very difficult to sheath yeah possibly anyway the the point is is that they all came together um they celebrated had fig cakes and wine and there was joy in israel okay well that's gonna be it for the podcast this week next week what are we talking about next week we are going to talk about david uh and his men capturing jerusalem Okay, we're going to talk about David's house being built up. Um, Wait, like his his literal house being built up? or like like, the house of David. Oh, okay, so like he's just fucking a bunch. Well, I mean, he has, well, I mean, he has six sons, but. And seven wives. uh, Well, yeah, Um, they also, (laughs) I mean, they're all, they also talk about building his house, like, because he, he takes over Jerusalem. They talk about, you know, building up. So when they talk about building his house, I think they're talking about, like, in general, um, they're the building and the, you know, they're basically building David up. He's king now of all of Israel. Um, Also, he's supposed to bring the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about that. Um, we're going to talk about defensive, defensive stuff against the Philistines. Okay. Cause we're still dealing with them. And there is a song of deliverance, which is very long, very long song of deliverance. Oh yeah. A song of deliverance. Do you think, I wonder if it's just going to sing exactly like you are, like the lyrics are just going to be like uh, the plot to the movie deliverance. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. It's two and a half pages long. Two and a half pages, and it's just like this. Me and my brothers went rafting one day, and then a guy said, hey, squeal like a pig! Probably not in this song. I don't know. It is the Bible, honey. It's probably not in this song. So, anyway, that's what we're going to go over next time. Okay. Well, next time, prepare to squeal like a pig, and... no. What? Because <laughs> we'll be singing the song of deliverance. <laughs> okay. Don't forget to stand up and use your voice. Bye, heathens. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs>